Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. Back again after some time off because we finally got some real live sports to talk about. Talking to my buddy Joe Crisali about Patrick Mahomes getting paid half a billion dollar contract. We break that down, what it means for the Chiefs, Mahomes, the market going forward, an insane amount of money. Is Mahomes actually going to be underpaid going forward? What the deal looks like in the long term. And we also talk about the sports coming back, the bubbles in place for the NHL and NBA tentatively. If that'll work out, what that situation might look like. And baseball's resumption after quite possibly the worst offseason feud between owners and players. And a lot to dive into there. Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect. It starts right now. All right, we're back on the Money Mitch Effect after uh, a little bit of a downtime. Had to had to press pause. Wasn't really much going on, but got my boy Joker Sally back to talk some sports. Joe, I actually hey. looked this up. Thanks for coming on. But we talked about four months ago, and I don't know exactly what it was. It was like March third, so we were probably really excited for hockey. And uh, yeah, four months later, <laughs> we're in the same position. Yeah, I definitely think it was when we were starting to ramp up to the playoffs and we were like, oh, this this wild card race is getting very exciting. There's going to be so many teams. We're finally going to see the Canucks get in over here, possibly, and the Coyotes are good, and there's all these other teams that are fighting for that spot. Even the Blackhawks are just like... And they're all in. That's Damn. the result. They're all going to be playing. <laughs> and now they're all in. Yeah, and the Rangers got the best draw of them all. We're gonna get yeah we're we're gonna get to hockey in a little bit. There, there's a lot to discuss there. We're just gonna vamp around the sports world, get everybody caught up to speed, share some thoughts, and it's only fitting to start with the sport that's king, the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he had a quite a day. I think that's a pretty good day. That would classify as one yesterday. Signing a ten year mm. deal that's worth no less than about four hundred twenty million could get up to over five hundred million. Five hundred three would be the max, depending on incentives, depending on how the cap goes up, which everybody thinks it will. Uh, be that as it may, Joe, the the first thought you had to Mahomes getting paid, what was that when you saw the contract and, and those numbers come out? The first time I saw it, I said out loud, I was like, half a billion? <laughs> Legitimately. like As soon as you see the 500 million threshold, you're just like, oh my God. Like One person is going to be paid this much money. I think I... That's it. He said it was he was getting four hundred and seventy seven million was guaranteed. Like he was automatically gonna get that. So that makes him the highest paid player ever in any league. And that means he's getting paid more than Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the highest paid player in the NBA right now yearly is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> so those are your top three right there. But seeing Mahomes sign, I was pretty shocked because I was kind of just like, Why is this happening right now? <laughs> you know? It was kind of in bad taste. It's like all these people are home and they, a lot of people are out of jobs and nobody can afford even to pay rent and there's all these struggles that are happening. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs have enough money to pay Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars over 10 years. I was kind of mad about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Also mad that my Broncos have to now definitely face him <laughs> for 10 more years. Well, yeah. But I, I mean... If that's what the market is, that's what the market is for a player of his caliber and for a quarterback in the NFL. But you kind of just wonder, like, okay, when is this going to cap out? Like, are we uh-huh. going to get a billion-dollar player? Like, I, is how much crazier could this possibly get? 
Well, fun fact, first of all, I want to start with this. Do you know what the, this is the longest contract, I think, in NFL history in terms of years. Do you know what the longest one before that was in recent memory? Ilya, was it Ilya Kovalchuk? No, years? NFL, NFL, NFL contract. I know Kovalchuk oh, does NFL? NFL guys get paid. Yeah. Yeah. The longest uh, one, at least at least right now. Do you know who the one before that was? Uh, No, I don't have an answer for you. Tyron Smith. Cowboys lineman. Wow. 2014 signed an eight-year deal. I just thought that was an interesting fact fact to bring up. <laughs> like I was going to get that. No, yeah, you <laughs> were going to get that. A lineman for the Cowboys. <laughs> Crazy to think that. Now, we can debate the length of the contract, the money. Uh, the first thing to say, though, you, you touched on this. If anybody's deserving of it, hypothetically, it's a quarterback that's proven he's the best or right there with the best in the league at age 24. So this is a position yeah. that... Mahomes has already proven it. He's and then and then we take into the the human account of just watching the guy play. But he'll be 25 this year, so this is going to lock him up from seasons 25 to 34. And uh, you got to think that you know giving it to a guy at that position that's going to age pretty well, barring any injuries. It's the contract that you have to draw up. The market dictated it based on what other guys are getting paid or, or what other guys might get paid. That this is the guy that's worth it now. The big question for me, Joe, is always going to be, what does this do for the team? You know, what is this going to handicap them in the future? The crazy thing about it is, you know, we don't know where this caps out at. Will there be a billion-dollar player? Will the cap go down? Um, you know, what this means for Patrick Mahomes, he might actually be underpaid at the end of this deal. <laughs> Think about how crazy that might be if he's still performing at a high level and $40, $45 million is a bargain for a pro Bowl player. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, when is this? When does it stop? And you have players like Ben Roethlisberger who are still making a ton of money. You have Aaron Rodgers signed that huge deal. Now, granted, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, those two guys, you're probably not looking at them as going to be the guys that are going to get that huge deal like Mahomes did. I'm pretty sure Wentz just got paid though. And he did. I don't. I don't know. Like, who? Just try to think who could even be the guy that could end up getting more. Like, is Trevor Lawrence the next coming of Patrick Mahomes? So, you know? where where do you think? Like, I mean, Lamar is the one that I'm I'm just fascinated with. What do you think the market's like for him if he has another Pro Bowl season like last year? Like, maybe not even as good, but at a very high level. You, I mean, I don't know. I, it could be maybe how much they paid Mahomes. It could be. Less. I, I just don't, I don't think the years will be there because of how yeah I mean I just and Deshaun Watson's coming up too as well as Dak who everybody has an opinion on what he's worth but with Jackson even though he's done a good job not getting hurt he runs a lot the years would scare me on that one you're gonna pay a guy for 10 yeah. years that that all it takes is one hit and obviously any quarterback can get hit but the odds of Jackson taking a, a giant hit are a lot higher than other quarterbacks yeah um, I mean but if you think about it they're gonna sign Jackson, if they sign Jackson to a deal like that, they gotta have faith in that. And if you lose him for a year or two, so what? Mm -hmm. You have a better shot. And if he's happy, he's happy. But if Mahomes runs too, like he's not mm -hmm. your typical stand in the pocket type guy. He makes all those acrobatic throws and all those types of um, does all those types of things. But I don't know. I don't think Lamar would get paid more. I don't. I don't see. I don't know any player that could get paid more. I mean, lengthwise maybe. But I feel like 10, 10 years and half a billion dollars to me seems like it should be like the absolute cap because right. what player, what player in the NFL is better than him overall right. or is more valuable than he is? I mean, if you look yeah. at like Mike Trout in the MLB, right? 
nobody's going to get paid more than Mike Trout, and that's because he set the bar. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has just set the bar. Like, there's, I don't, I don't think that we're going to get past him. Now, obviously, it could happen if more money is is to be made, but that also just further leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouths that doesn't play professional sports. <laughs> Yeah, and I misspoke earlier. I mean, it's actually 12 years. He's got two years left on his current deal, so it's going to take him through to, through age 36. But we've seen that quarterbacks can play well into their mid to late 30s. And, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mahomes is the guy right now. I think everybody agrees on it. He he won the Super Bowl last year, had the MVP the year before, could have two straight Super Bowls if they find a way to, you know, beat the Patriots in that AFC title game. A lot of people thought they should have won. So the chances are going to be there. And, in order to be paid this much, you have to, like Mike Trout in baseball, you have to do well right from the get-go. And, and as soon as Mahomes took the field, he was the guy. Obviously, I understand why Chiefs fans are so excited that he's in it for the long term. You don't have to worry about a team writing a blank check and taking mm-hmm. him away from them. I love the fact that the story was basically broken online by a liquor store lady, uh, owner, manager, <laughs> who saw the Chiefs executive celebrating by buying all of her champagne which I would do too if I was anybody associated with the Chiefs. The question, though, I'll ask Joe is that do you worry about what this is going to do for the team paying for other players, paying for you know dishing out contracts, building a championship roster around the quarterback that's going to be making more money than we've ever seen before? It depends. I mean, it really depends what type of people these, these players are. Like all these guys that are on this team with him right now that started with him, like your Tyreek Hill, your... I mean, I guess maybe Sammy Kelsey. Watkins, but I feel like he's a definitely piece. But you, the guy they just drafted, Hilaire, uh, Damian Williams, all those guys that were given shots to be on that team, and and then they became what they became. I just it makes me think about the Patriots and how Kraft and and everybody that's there, they got them to all buy in and say, okay, if you guys want to keep winning, you're going to have to take the money that we're going to give you to be on this team. And yeah, maybe that works for a little while and. Maybe it doesn't, but I, I just see a lot of comparisons there between the way that the Patriots handle paying their players. Like Tom Brady right now, even when he was on the Patriots, wasn't even in like the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in the league and as good as he is. You look at Mahomes, though, and it's kind of just flipped where everyone knows that's what he's worth. Everyone on the team knows he deserves it. They know that he's the best at what he's what he's the best quarterback in the league than that he deserves it. And if they want to be a part of mm-hmm. his team and, and win games with him, that they know that what comes with that is that they're going to have to take less money. But th- that just depends on what types of people there are that play there. you know. But that's like me saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to give you a better job, but we're going to pay you way, way, way less. <laughs> and you have to live in Kansas City. What do you want to do? You know? <laughs> well, you know, and, and this is where the comparisons, right, stop with baseball because baseball, you can just afford it. There really isn't you know, the numbers crunching to worry about. I will mm-hmm. say that Andy Reid being there is the key part of this. Like, I mean, now, nobody's Belichick, right? But but Andy Reid being there, able to identify young talent. A lot of the talent around Mahomes on this team were mid to late round draft picks, players that maybe washed out of like Damian Williams out of other NFL programs. So this might have like a college feel, right? There's going to be a lot of roster turnover. Mm-hmm. Someone plays well. They get a contract offer. They piece if they want the money that Kansas City can't pay them. But it's going to be enticing to you know, those veterans, those players that think they have something and get the chance to play with Mahomes if they buy in. You're always going to lose players. Even even with Brady not making money, you know, the Patriots lost a lot of players to free agency when they just didn't want to you know go break the bank for somebody. So... 
I think it's going to be interesting to see how this roster keeps going. But I think having Andy Reid there is the key part to this, too. Because he'll put players in a position to succeed that maybe they wouldn't be able to in any other system play as well as they would in Kansas City. I mean, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Andy Reid is definitely one of those coaches that I feel like players look up to like Belichick. But you honestly have to just give the Chiefs mad credit on their impeccable drafting. The, uh, the ability that they have to hit on those draft picks the last few years mm-hmm. has really been their entire success, which has helped them not have to pay an absorbent amount of money to singular players. You know, like yeah. they've been able to turn over the roster as much as they have because they've been drafting so well. So they draft a wide receiver like Nicole Hardman because he uh, pairs, he's, you can compare him to Tyreek Hill. And now he's not as good of a player, possibly, but. He does a lot of the same things, and if Tyreek Hill had decided, they just paid him too, but had he decided to leave, they have someone that can kind of fill his shoes, probably not as well. But now they have all these extra pieces that when you get a good mix of players that are buying in, you get the top quarterback, and you get the right draft picks that are making rookie salaries, right. then you've got no problem. So they kind of just have everything clicking at the right moment right now. And the rest of the NFL is kind of screwed honestly unless they get into some sort of injury the only thing that was hindering them last season was their defense but i mean they won the super bowl so how much was it hindering them really they do have really good play playmakers on that side of the ball they just were like near last on against the rush but this isn't that's not the way the nfl is run these days nobody cares about running backs anymore they're not drafting running backs as high granted the chiefs took that one in the first round but that's just because they took Hilaire in the first round, but that's just because they felt that they needed one more piece, even though they they won the Super Bowl. But now they they just added to that mm-hmm. um, firepower that they already have because the way the NFL is now, it's a passing league. It's a, it's been a passing league for yeah, and you can find running five. back value, and you can find running back value in any of these rounds too. Uh, they did. I mean, take just, one look yeah. just look at Todd Gurley. Yeah, it happens Gurley. fast. The most popular running back. Yeah, and that's he why you'll never popular running back in the league. That's why you'll never give a running back that kind of deal. Um, Chris Jones, though, is threatening to hold out, so that could be something for that defense. But, yeah, I mean, Mahomes is the guy barring an injury. They're going to be there. The last thing I'll say, I mean, it's been a banner offseason for him and for McCaffrey getting paid, setting the running back record um, for a contract. And having having Olivia Coppola as your girlfriend. He's he's having a great uh, time. He is. He is. (laughs) Worst offseason's Danny Amendola, right? (laughs) But, no, I – I uh, I will just say this before we'll move on in that we might be getting to a point, I, I wouldn't even say I worry, but I'm just observing that we might be pricing out the middle of that quarterback market in terms of on the field and what they're worth because there will be a time, it might not be Dak Prescott, but there will be a team that rightfully so in some cases says, I'm not going to pay a quarterback this much money. You know, the market's moving so far up that, you know, is a guy like Jared Goff, I know he's already signed, but is he worth $30 million? You know, and, and that's where, what's the what's the backup plan? What's the middle ground plan? Is there going to be like a veteran, you know, middling QB that signs for a, for a bargain deal? I don't know, because Cam you know, Newton. it's just like, it's just, yeah, well, there you go. It's Cam Newton looking to, looking to, uh, you know, make, you know, have a one-year deal and then get, get paid the next year, but you know, not all these. It's like draft picks, Joe. Not all these QB signings are going to hit. There's going to be some colossal failure, big deals coming up for sure. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. There, but that's the thing is, now I feel like the base. You know, the base of what a quarterback can get paid just to be a starter is just going to be way higher than what 
like your average NFL player would make, like what your wide receivers make compared to your running backs. And there's just going to be such a huge disparity because of this contract that Mahomes just signed. It's like, okay, Mahomes makes what, $45 million a year now. And you're Russell Wilson. It sounds crazy to say. Like, Like, I'm just hearing you say that sounds just funny to me. (laughs) Imagine. Yeah. 45. He makes like $8 and 60 cents a minute. Like it, it, to think about, like Russell Wilson, he's like, okay, Mahomes is making $45 million a year, and he's the best quarterback in the league, but I'm not that far off of him. Granted, I'm older than he is, so my deal doesn't need to be as long, but maybe I should be making $40 million a year. And then Dak Prescott now, what did, he did, didn't he turn down like a $35 million offer? Like he thinks mm-hmm. he should be paid the same as what Mahomes has just got paid. So that's going to be an interesting one to see too because they might pay him close to that, but it, just more on the shorter term, but it's a uh, he definitely he definitely set the market with that deal. He did. Uh, he definitely did. Joker Sally here on the Money Mitch effect. Uh, you brought him up. I do want to mention before we switch sports, but the Cam Newton signing with the Patriots, um, mm. one that was kind of predicted, then we kind of forgot about because there was a holding pattern. Then he did sign with the Patriots. Uh, coincidentally or not, right around the time they lost uh, a draft pick for you know letting themselves into the Browns press box when they were playing the Bengals last year. But I digress. <laughs> um, no, I mean, this is, look, I think I think the reasonable thing to think about this signing, Joe, is that we don't know what Cam Newton is going to be there because no one can really get these workouts in the current climate with the pandemic. And I don't know what kind of health he's in, but this is definitely worth the risk if you're the Patriots. I mean, you have a guy that was the MVP. If he's never going to return to form, you didn't really pay that much. Here's, here's the thing I've said to everybody that's been off the Cam Newton train and kind of just gave up on him the last couple of years, which is pretty much what he said the Panthers did. They mm-hmm. said, you gave up on me, and basically now I'm going to make you pay for it. But Cam Newton, he went to that Super Bowl in 2015 and lost to Who? a man with <laughs> to a man <laughs> with a cane. <laughs> yeah, And he lost to my, to my Broncos, Super Bowl champs, what up? And he didn't take that very well. So he pushed himself extra, extra hard the next couple of years. And the Panthers drove him into the ground, which is what they're doing to Christian McCaffrey right now. Cam, they, Cam Newton did everything they, that they asked of him for what, whatever that period of time was. And he kept getting hurt. He kept pushing himself. He had that ankle injury, but he fought through it. He had that shoulder injury, but he kept trying to fight through it. He was getting cortisone shots. He was in and out of the, um, you know, medical tank getting all sorts of things done to him and I, I think he had a rib injury or something like that too but yeah two years ago he played most of the season and then he got hurt and he got kept out and then last season he didn't really even play at all mm-hmm. so he's had all of that time to recoup everything that's kind of been bothering him and not knowing what like the workouts are like for him I mean come on he's got a home gym you know he does and he's got his personal trainer and all sorts of things that right. get him in shape and now you got somebody like him that you piss him off and I feel like he's he's had all this time to heal shoulder injuries are no joke if he had rotator cuff or anything going on with his shoulder they take a while to heal and if you keep trying to play football and obviously it's his throwing arm his throwing shoulder so that wasn't going to do him any good Mm -hmm. and now he's had all that time to rehab it to rest it so you're ready to go you think this is going to be uh just slam dunk for the Patriots he plays he starts he plays well I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but I definitely, I'm not saying he's going to be MVP form 
Newton, but you take all those aspects of him being fully healthy. I mean, I'm going to think that he's at least 95% healthy at this point. And if he's not, then that's a problem for the rest of his career. But if there's anything, you take all those things and you pair it with the Patriots organization, you pair it with the greatest head coach of all time in the NFL, at least in my opinion, with Bill Belichick. If there's anybody that can get that form out of him, it's going to be Bill Belichick. Well, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be McDaniel's though. I mean, that's and that's the guy that I think I would feel bullish with what he can do creatively on offense with Cam Newton behind the behind the center. Yeah, it's obviously it's that whole coaching staff. Just from from my perspective, saying Phil Belichick, meaning you know, if mm-hmm. there's a guy, if there's a guy that you could look to to be the one that'll really get the most out of you mm-hmm. and teach you the most and make you the best player that you can be. I mean, you look at the guys like he turns. James White into a Super Bowl MVP, like, you know. It's... No, I believe it. My my only thing is we've seen it go fast with health of elite players, quarterbacks included. So, and I know he's he's putting in great workouts. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that he wasn't putting the time in, getting healthy, obviously looking great, you know. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the health side of it is is a concern. He had a lot of problems, and that ankle injury, especially was no joke and I and I hope that he still has that mobility. He is, you know, 30 years old now, over 30, has had eight pretty physical years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But you would got to make this deal because it's all incentive based. They'll get a third round pick if he leaves and signs somewhere else. So they've got the compensation pick there. I do believe that they like Stidham, but you know, it's not enough to just have Stidham and Hoyer. You need something else cuz if you just go with an unproven guy and not much else, it could have gone pretty bad quickly. So I'm excited to see it. I'm just not committing to Cam Newton being uh, an, in form, if that makes sense, because I just I need to see that recovery. It, it, he was not looking good the last time we saw him on a pro football field. You gotta you gotta admit though that you do feel more confident in the Patriots as a winning football team than you did with Cam Newton than you mm-hmm. did when we all yeah. thought Jared Sidham was their starting. Absolutely, it gives so, them more options. So, yeah, so you just take that, and you, immediately when uh, they didn't have Newton before, when they, it was just Stidham, everyone was talking about how the Bills were going to go 12-4 and four and win the division. The Jets might make a push. Oh, look at the Dolphins. They got Tua. And the Patriots, they have Jared Stidham. They're going to be in last. They're going to win five games maybe. You know, they're going to be drafting high. They never thought that, and they never think that way. And then you get a guy like Cam Newton in there. That boost, that, that just boosts it up. And now, now you look at the projections – yeah, Bills might still be at the top, maybe, but you take Cam Newton and you put him on the Patriots roster, it gives you a better mm. shot. Well, nobody ever said the Dolphins were going to be anything but last place next year. I mean, come on. Like, I don't <laughs> they, know, dude. They're pretty far know, away. Tua, Tua's I getting would... back to health. I don't think he plays that much next year, at least in the first half of the season. I think they're cautious with him. I think they're they're building a roster, but I don't think they're there yet. I mean... They had the Dolphins had a great draft. You know, like you said, though, they're going to be taking it slow, I'm sure. But I don't think they're going to be in last this mm. year. I think the Jets. Okay. I, I think it's going to be the Jets down your, there. Your the other bottom. former have, team, yeah. Just <laughs> what what have they done? That's to, true. To get better at all in that it's just even in that division, the Dolphins are worlds better than them as far as having uh, quality talent throughout their roster. So, yeah, that's uh, true. And, and the Adam coaching Gates position. The coach. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Flores looks, looked good for the Dolphins at the end of the year. Adam Gase, 
Uh, well, we've ran the numbers. He's lost more by double digits as a head coach than he has won games. So the, the jig is up. The, I just the, I don't get why he's been getting all these chances. He screwed up with the Broncos and he's bounced around. He went to the Bears and all over the place, and now he's the, Jet, the Dolphins. Screwed them up, and now he's on the Jets. <laughs> totally screwed them up, and he's causing all these risks with all these players. Le'Veon Bell doesn't like him. Jamal uh, Adams. He's yeah. trying to he's trying to trade safeties. He doesn't want certain guys on the team. Marcus May, I think his name is, and oh. all these other players. Like and then Jamal Adams doesn't want yeah. to play there. You think that's just because of the team, or you think that's because of the coach? It's because of the coach. He's caused these problems every single where that he's gone, and he continues to get chances. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to give him till the duration of his deal. He's going to get this last year." And you're you're just kind of looking at it like we already know how this story is going to play out, man. Like he's your team's not going to be that good. And you guys threw Sam Darnold into the fire too soon, and yeah. you don't have a good offensive line. They're oh, just a man. disaster. <laughs> well, if you're a Jets fan, I hope you're really excited for the future starting next year based on uh, Joe's analysis <laughs> there. Uh, really exciting time to be a Jets fan. Joe Casale here on the Money Mitch Effect. Um, before we, before we uh, you know, talk, uh, talk some baseball, which I'm dying to get to, we're going to talk about the winter sports. So they're going to be coming back, hockey and basketball, to their bubble uh, situation. And... I don't want to be seen as like a total pessimist, Joe, but I'm still a little concerned about the logistics and uh, this thing, these two things rather, getting pulled off flawlessly. I have just some concerns that I'll say grown adults, put it, grown wealthy adults in both cases, put into a, a hypothetical bubble are going to be you know 100% strict and, and bad things and accidents won't happen. I'm just, I'm just a little concerned still. I mean, yeah, I'm concerned not just for that reason, but you know, like they're just taking all these players from wherever they are right now mm-hmm. and they're testing them and then they're going to all go to the same place. I mean, there's guaranteed to be cases that pop up. And you're already looking at guys like Mike Conley, who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a kid, so I'm leaving the bubble for that. And if they, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to keep him out of the bubble? Are they going to let him back in the bubble? Or- He's going to have to go through all this testing. It's just so and, long. I mean, it, it's also the length of this, right? Like, I saw the hockey breakdown, and the families can come five weeks in. I mean, we're, we're, we're also talking, too, that it's like they're, they're instructed, they're required to just hotel room by yourself, can't interact with anybody the whole time, other than when you're, you know, practicing or eating or whatever. But, um, you know, it's, it's a long time. And, and even, the, even the best precautions, there will be, like you said, positive tests. That's, and that's the thing is how bad how bad are the positive tests you know there just isn't enough clarity on all that with the way everything is right now and you take all these players and you throw them in there and there's some guys like uh, I guess back to my con I was going to say Mike Trout again because Mike Trout's having a kid and he doesn't want to expose his wife to all that stuff um, and you don't know well, it's you interesting with baseball. Yeah, baseball is the interesting one, right? Because they're not in a, in a hypothetical bubble. They're going to travel. I mean, they're going to be you know isolated. They're, but they're traveling. They're traveling regionally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, still, they're just they're still going from place to place, and there's still all these people that are involved in going from this place to that place. And I, but but that's the thing is is it? I mean, is it that bad? You know. Well, yeah, players. they have all the testing available. They have the mm-hmm. highest doctors available to help them in any scenario. And a lot of the players that have gotten it in the NBA, like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and uh, Christian Wood, all getting it from each other, they 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 seem 
to fight through it. They seem to be okay. Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, it's player driven, right? This comeback into sports, like they want to do. No one's forcing them, and obviously, there's a lot of money at stake. So I see why they would do it. Um, you know, I, I just think we're at a point now where sports are going to come back these leagues and they're going to the players have agreed to essentially live with the fact that players are going to test positive we're going to we're going to do our best to isolate them get them healthy but the show's going to go on barring a massive outbreak and they have to live with that yeah. because the out, because the outlook Joe, I mean not to even get big picture but you'd have to essentially just shut sports down for at least a year if you weren't willing to live with that basic fact like players are going to test positive the the show can't stop we got to keep it moving and we'll just do our best to isolate them and, and contain anything. Yeah, and that, that's one thing, too. Like, say a player on the Rangers gets it, and he tests positive, like, right after a practice or something. He's like, okay, so now we know he was positive, and he was in contact with the entire team for this entire duration of this practice. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? Then the team shuts down, right? Then they shut down the arena or whatever that they're practicing at, which has happened already in baseball. The Giants closed down their yeah. facility for the day. The A's did it. I mean, it just it just keeps spiraling because there aren't the right uh, systems in place for them to even realize what to do. I mean, it, you can't really blame them. There's no one telling them how to do this. There's no one telling. There isn't a yeah. guidebook for them mm-hmm. saying how to handle this situation in um, a sports form. But like you said, if they're not okay with living with it, um, I mean that sucks for a lot of people but there are a lot of things in this country that we should be focusing on and sports aren't i mean they are both good and bad in that regard whereas they make people happy and it kind of lets you um zone out into something else and and not be so in tune with everything that's going on but um it's also the other side of it where if it's not happening then more people can focus on that and start to do the right thing but if, it, if yeah. it does continue to happen, then if, if the sports do continue to come back, obviously I'd be super happy about it because we've been here all this time and we haven't been able to really watch much or see anything other than what's happening. So uh-huh. I mean, hopefully they can keep moving it forward. It's just kind of daunting just looking at all the problems that they've been running into so far. Are you at all worried? Uh, and I, I got to give him a shout out too because it was pretty funny when he brought it up. What Stephen A. Smith said: Are you worried that you know players are going to be a little bored and you know might want to meet with like-minded single individuals? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's why they tell them that their their families can come. But well, it's like NHL is like five weeks before any families can come. You know, and 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 basketball. I don't want to like. <laughs> I don't want to air anybody's laundry at all, but okay, families come. What about the single guys? You know, and that's a lifestyle. Yeah, choice. what about and Nick Young, man? Just, I'm just saying, and, and and the serious-ish side of that, Joe, is that all it takes in any of these situations is one player to go rogue, to break the rules, to go outside the bubble. It could get contaminated, and we could have a, a giant mess on our hands. So I'm not again, not accusing anybody of anything, but all it takes is one. And there's, you know, you could find the bad apple, the bad egg in, in every in every batch. I mean, I'll tell you straight up, I couldn't go five weeks. So I don't, it's, and those guys definitely can't go five weeks. It's just, so you some, know. Some, somebody's slipping. Yeah, and, and, and also, too, I mean, this is why, I, I'm not going to say the word asterisk for, for any of these sports championships this year necessarily, but just be prepared for a playoff series in these sports 
to involve a player asymptomatic testing positive and just being held out of it. That, that's where yeah, we're, it's going to happen. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously the fan base of that team is going to be like, this is BS. We, we don't have LeBron in the Western Conference Finals. You know, Giannis is out. Like, you know, McDavid can't play. I, I'm just throwing these names out. I hope they don't get sick. But, I mean, that's that's how it has to be. And I get why, because you can't stop the show. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, you look at guys You look at guys in, in baseball now, like, DJ LeMahieu tested positive for the Yankees, and he's a huge part of their team and a huge part of their lineup. And he has to wait two weeks, and he has to uh, turn back two negative tests before he can even come back to the field. Mm-hmm. So say he comes and he tests positive again, then he's got to wait two more weeks. So who knows how much into the season that could even extend to. Yeah. And like you said, there's, there's going to be a lot of big-name guys that are going to be testing positive for this stuff. So the asterisk thing... But I kind of agree more with like what Giannis said. He said that winning a championship this season is going to be harder than any other season. I mean, if you think about it, all these players, they went through basically a full season. And then they got a three-month break, and then immediately you have to jump into playoff mode. I don't know about you, but when I have a three-month break from something, mm-hmm. say even playing pickup basketball, I don't go right out back out there yeah. and immediately am dominating and, and in playoff mode. Just I would because yeah. they they pay these guys to do that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're immediately going to hop into it. So I think it could be super interesting because you could end up seeing teams that wouldn't necessarily have a shot or those eight seed teams. Like, I don't even know who's in the East now, like the Hornets. <laughs> I don't think they made it. I don't, I couldn't even tell you who made it in the bottom. The Nets, the Nets maybe, Yeah, the Wizards. but they're going to be without Dinwiddie. Now he's not going to play the Wizards. Brad Beal's not going to play. And that's another aspect of it is you got all these players that are just opting out. They're just like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Bertans, another Wizards player starter who's not going to play. So the Wizards are probably going to be like, all right, we're not even going to throw our best team out there because these guys aren't even playing. So it goes, it could go both ways. I would agree with Giannis, except for the fact that I think it's also going to take a lot of fortune too. You know, if that makes sense, like it, you're going to have to be lucky in a sense that you can do everything right. You can put the time in. You you have to win grueling games, but you need your players not to test positive. So. That's the other side of it too. Um, on the flip and, side, and though, what if, yeah, what if it gets to the point? Sorry, yeah. What if it gets to the point where somebody like LeBron tests positive, and they're like, you know what, we can't, we can't afford that. We're trying to win a championship. We need to, we need to fake this test so that we can win. That that's oh, just another boy. possibility that we may never hear of or see until it's all said and done. Well. Is this your roundabout way of saying you think the Rangers should tank the series for the first round, first overall pick? <laughs> I mean, I I like this Rangers team. I know you I do, and I I, I just I'm wanted to. I, I mean, I'm not a quitter with the Blue Jackets either. They're they're going up against Toronto, so bringing on Drake, we just got to figure out a way to get the cannon into that arena, and uh, you know Toronto chokes. That's what they do. But but it's pretty crazy that. Eight teams are going to have a twelve and a half percent chance of getting the first pick, and they're all still playing. So, um, the NHL has has done themselves uh, well, depending on how you look at it, a great favor or a great injustice with this new draft phase two thing. I I like it though because it kind of gives everyone the choice. You like, like it now? 12... You will hate it if the Blackhawks or the Oilers get the first round pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pull that on if one of those teams or somebody like that went. <laughs> You know, well, let's just be I'm, real here. Um, I think we should. I think we should place a bet on that. 
if one of those two teams I, gets it. Oh, we, we can't do one. that. You'd have to give me a lot of odds on that one because they're you know they're they're <laughs> playing each other in the first round, so only one of them is going to get there. But um, no, it was I just guess funny. then you're just betting on that series. So I'm game. But anyway, uh, I definitely would be pissed if either of them got that first pick. But I, for me personally, twelve percent possibility isn't enough to throw mm-hmm. a whole series, especially when the Rangers are playing the Hurricanes. They swept the Hurricanes in the season in the season series. So I'm confident with them being able to beat that team. Panarin is a monster. Zibanejad is really coming to his own. All right, you don't have and to keep bringing you, up you kind of ta- You kind of taught me a little bit with that first pick because we got Kako, and I I haven't seen much from him this year. No, I'm Granted, he's young, so I'm sure it'll take some time. But getting that first overall pick is just kind of so mm-hmm. like mouth-watering in the terms of hockey because you look at the Oilers, and they had the first overall pick for how many freaking years, and they still couldn't get it. You right, know? but... Well, Frenier is is good. Like he's he's at that Matthews level. I mean, I'm not putting anybody at that McDavid level. That's like another you know stratosphere. But Frenier, the Canadian kid, he is very very good. He's as good as advertised. But yeah, it's not enough to you know you got a chance to win. Whatever the circumstances are, twelve and a half percent, not a great enough thing. Uh, all right, Joe Crisali, Money Mitch Effect. Lastly, got to end with some baseball. Sixty game season is being played. They've somehow figured out a way to piss everybody off, but we will be getting baseball. Would you say, Joe, right off the bat, that you? I would just say, who do you like the most? I'll say out of these three, out of these three groups, the Astros, MLB owners, or Commissioner Manfred. <laughs> who do I like the most? Yeah. Should we you, do? Uh, no, yeah, I would. Should we do? I, F, I, Mary would just, Kill? <laughs> I mean, I would just say oh, you can. Okay, you can answer it the other way. Which one of those three piss you off the most? Hmm. I've become I've become less pissed. Oh, that's a really hard right? question. I think the oh because you got me like stumped here. I feel like Ben Wyatt and Parks and Rec. I can't even mm. form a sentence. Um, the the Astros. It's hard to. I just don't hate them as much anymore because oh, all the time. other stuff came. <laughs> all the other stuff came out where all these other teams have been doing it too. Now, granted, they won the World Series, and I hate them for that. But I, I still wouldn't put them last on the list. I think right now, oh, damn. You know what? Astros, hate them the most. I'm going to go Astros, owners, Manfred. That's what I'm going to go. Okay, that's fair. Um, I feel like Manfred is is just like an, uh, an, I guess, He's just a shill. Yeah, he's He's just just, a shill. That's that's where I'm I'm at with him is that he doesn't really, you know, he, he showed weak leadership. But I, you know, I don't We've put him in the same class. Lately. Yeah, I don't. I don't put him in the same class. I mean, the owners and and that whole thing, uh, basically not even going to the bargaining table with the players. I think a sixty game season is very weird. I'm excited to watch it, but uh, it's very bizarre. And they could have, they could have started negotiating and had them back on the field a month ago. You know, but I, that's I just, the, that's the thing. Manfred came out and he said he already knew that the season wasn't going to be more than 60 games he mm-hmm. already said that that was going to be what it was so mm-hmm. why drag everything through the yeah. mud for all that time and bring the players to and from the negotiating table yeah. put their names out there like in, in negative light saying all these things and making baseball just look terrible especially when we were all looking for some guiding light and like for anything and they just totally screwed it they just totally screwed it up in that regard and all the people that were out there blaming the players for doing that for not agreeing in the first place they just didn't understand what was happening the owners were saying we're going to pay you this percentage of this percentage and then you're going to get this percentage from Mm -hmm. that 
the players at the beginning, they had agreed to a 50% cut. They already agreed to it. 50-50, done. And the owners, they backed out on that, and they said, wait, actually, if we can get you to agree on this, how about we get you to agree on this 33%, and then which in turn means that you're only going to get 17% of your salary for the season that you're playing right. away from your home, isolated from your entire family, and you have to go through all these precautions and get a Q-tip shoved up in your brain every single day. And yeah. They they that, knew what they were doing. They totally were trying to screw them over. And in, they knew that, that they could and they knew that they could force them to play the minimum amount of games and the players couldn't strike. Like it was it was total bully tactics at the negotiating table. I just feel bad especially for the minor leaguers. There's no minor league season. The players that get paid the less are are getting completely screwed in this deal. It was nice to see some pro some major leaguers, you know, reach out to them and hook them up. You'd, you'd like to but see the owners should, do that they too. They shouldn't but, have to do that. Yeah. The major league players shouldn't have to do that. When you got, I'm even going to uh, take a dump on the Yankees right now. You look at all these minor league teams, all these uh, that are affiliated with these uh, MLB teams. Like the A's initially said, you know what, we're going to cut these minor leaguers. We're not going to pay them the $400 a week. You're telling me the Yankees, the richest franchise in MLB outside the Dodgers, have they don't have enough money to pay mm-hmm. their minor leaguers $400 a week, so they're going to cut them and get rid of them. And then on top of that, these minor leaguers aren't even going to have a season to play. They're not even going to, yeah. they don't even have a season. So now not only are their careers kind of at halt, you look at the guys that got drafted like in the 26th round or past that, they're screwed. They're totally screwed. And they're not even getting that $400 a week. And you're telling me that all these teams didn't have these owners, especially the Angels. And you look at the, uh, the Angels, all the furloughs that they did, to their entire um, organization. That owner is worth $5 billion. You tell me he doesn't have enough money to pay these people? Yeah, it shouldn't take pools paying off, you know, paying for players and and the staff and everything. I I get it. It, It's awful. Um, We were on the outside just as fans wanting baseball. So, um, in a sense, you're, like, glad that there's something, but you feel bad that it was, you know, it's come to this in a sport that's needed the popularity, you know, to say the least. Like, people are, are kind of turned off by it. It's crazy how everyone just acknowledges that these two groups hate each other and uh, the owners and the players. So I'm just – I'm glad we got something, but 60 games feels weird. It's going to be a weird season, Joe. It, it, you might see the rotations get shortened completely. I think there'll be a lot of, like, long reliever uh, appearances because every win counts. I don't know that I'm even going to look at it as anything anything remotely normal because that doesn't even feel, you know, 60 games is so short. It just doesn't even feel close to a, a normal year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you look at, like, you cut the season in half last year. The Nationals don't even make the playoffs. They're still, yeah. like, 10 wow. games back, under 500. Like, there's a lot of things that uh, can happen in a 162-game season. 60-game season, not so much. But that's also what makes it interesting, too, because – it gives the league the opportunity to try out some of these new things, like universal DH. How great is that going to be for both leagues? Now the pitcher doesn't. Have I just to hit like yet. that. I was, you know, I was a, uh, I was kind of in the middle on that issue, but I just love the fact that we have the same rules now in both leagues. So I'm glad that they brought the DH over. And here's the other thing with that is, if you're uh, a pitcher that can hit like Mad Bomb, you're like maybe you still DH. You still play in that spot doesn't matter it's just 
how they decide. It just gives them more uh, lineup flexibility. Like if you got a guy in right field who's better on defense, but he can't hit a lick, he just plays right field and he doesn't get to hit. Simple as that. And you could put Mad Bum in there or whatever. Just whoever whoever can do it. And then the only thing that I don't like though that they did was placing a runner on second base in extra innings. <laughs> just uh, that that's that just ridiculous bizarre. to me. That's just kind of like a means to speed the game up even more than they're already trying to speed it up with all the rules that they made with the relief pitchers. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, 60 games, you have the opportunity to maybe see something crazy happen. Maybe the Reds win the World Series. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, you, Something crazy like that could happen. Well, it's only 60 games. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, you know, we've already... Mariners, the yeah, the season started. They started out well last year too, and then really fell off. And you know, they're your team, that your local team, and a team you like to predict to do well. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come through this year. Well, the season started off with the bang, as you saw, Stanton just destroying Tanaka's forehead. Seems like he's okay. Oh my god, hundred twelve mile per hour line drive to the dome, and he's walking around the next day. That is insane. Pretty lucky, you know. Stanton just can't figure out his uh, to do anything right. Apparently, it's it's always something with that guy. Um, he's kind of yeah, he's kind of stepped into that role as like the I don't want to he's not I mean no one's like a rod but he's kind of that like okay we we're not sure if we like this guy he's overpaid he he swings at a lot of ball fours and strikes out you know he's kind of that vilified like Yankee player that I think the the fans are just a little frustrated with. No, I uh, I totally agree with that because I'm watching it <laughs> before my very eyes. <laughs> Definitely, you kind of get that same vibe. A rod I think was a little bit more. Um, prominent. I, well, I agree. Was I, like, I was going like, to agree I, with whatever word you said. He, yeah, he was. It was. Yeah, he had all those allegations, and there was Jeter, and they had obviously the core four of the Yanks that were important to them. But outside of the Yankee world and Derek Jeter, A Rod was the guy that everyone affiliated with. But as far as Stanton goes, we just look at him like he's making all this money, and he swings at how many sliders in the dirt that don't even start across the plate. It just, it doesn't make any sense just watching him. And it's like nothing changes. Nothing. It's like he has, it doesn't care and nothing's happened. Like, yeah, maybe he'll hit 50 home runs and that's cool and all, but I don't really want to watch this guy strike out 250 times a season. No, I don't think anybody but, wants that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, it should be fun. Uh, can't wait for that, Joe. This was fun. Uh, last thing, you going Yankees World Series? Is that you know? Are you worried about this? You think the chances are better? You still think they they win the whole thing this year? I haven't. I haven't gone through and done my uh, my predictions. I know but... you got to like. It's it's going to be tough for you because now you have to like make the appropriate win loss totals. You know, like that. You don't have 162 games to balance like you do, and. Realistically, we could have wild card races with like ten teams fighting for the last two spots on the final <laughs> day of the season. So, how um, crazy would that would be? Awesome! You kind of just get an extension of playoff baseball. But yeah, I mean, people comparing uh, last season and previous seasons, like what it would have looked like in sixty games, is total BS because it's just like a breakdown of a whole hundred sixty-two games. Just 60 games, I feel like the teams and the players are just going to go at so differently. Mm -hmm. Like, you had all these guys taking all this rest and doing all these things over the course of a 162-game season, but, like, you got Gary Sanchez behind the plate. He's probably going to be behind the plate for maybe 50 games, 50 of those 60 games. So, and that's, and that's over a quick period of time. So, mm -hmm. you might even see some of these players get hurt faster. You might even see some of, uh, I don't know, yeah, like what are the 
what are the home run totals going to be? Who's who's going to be the league leader? Good question. Be like 17, 17 home runs. Like what's the cap there? A triple crown yeah. of like Trout wins a triple triple crown of like three fifty. You know, twenty four and like <laughs> what seventy five RBIs. <laughs> Yeah, somebody could go on a crazy streak like that. Yelich yeah. at the end of last season was an absolute monster before he got yeah. hurt that last couple weeks. It's like, going to be fun. Take... Yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to have that, especially for my job sake. It's good for that for sure. Well, Joe Casale, this was fun. Appreciate you coming on. We'll reconvene, I'm sure, when we got sports to talk about. And uh could be a crowded late summer, early fall, so I know we're all – we're all fiending for that, but thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Yeah, man. Uh, I kind of blabbed a little bit in there, but, I mean, we're all cooped up, so. We had to, we we had to just unleash. <laughs> we, we're not in the bubble yet, so we got we to gotta unleash, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right, huge thanks again to Joe Crisali for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Always good to catch up with him, and uh, he's also doing some great stuff at Root Sports right now. But uh, there is some stuff that I want to talk about in the UFC world before I let you go. The big UFC pay-per-view, 251. Masvidal-Usman is the fight, and uh, I love to see Masvidal fight. Super necessary, street Jesus. He is the man, but I think this is a tough fight. I like Usman to actually win this one. I think the bet might be in a decision. Uh, it's just a tough ask. He's got to lose a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, he got himself this fight. I hope he's ready. I'd love to see Masvidal pull up the upset. I just don't think that happens. Uh, some other fights as well. Vol- Volkanovski and Holloway in a rematch for that featherweight title. Don't count out Max Holloway. So I think that might be your upset play to look at. Uh, Peter Yan, I do like to uh, be a, a veteran GOAT candidate, if you will, Jose Aldo. But I think Jan is the, is the guy right now. And then I'm looking forward to Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade rematch. I'm a big Thug Rose fan. Uh, I look for her to avenge that loss. She comes in as a pretty decent favorite in that one as well. Big card fight, fight Island. Shout out to Dana White for making that happen. And thanks again for everybody listening to this Money Mitch Effect episode. We'll try to come back uh, in the near future with sports ramping up again. Catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM1. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to Joe Crisali again. I'm Mitch Michaels. Enjoy sports.